Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, Tony interviews founder of Ziva Meditation and author of the book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, Emily Fletcher. They discuss the misconceptions around meditation and how a daily practice can positively affect not just your acting, but your entire life. Let me introduce to our listeners. Oh, did I not say welcome to In The Moment podcast? I'm so in the moment, I forgot to say it's in the moment. Because I'm sitting opposite the radiant Emily Fletcher, who you all hear will hear all of Emily's journeying, but I've known her as an actress and a creator and a writer and a producer and a teacher. And she has started her own meditation company. Ziva Meditation. Ziva Meditation. Mm-hmm. But you haven't actually started. You started that how many years ago? Eight. Eight years ago. And she's been teaching... All people of all kinds, but also performers, how to live a more mindful, meditative, creative life. So let's welcome Emily Fletcher. This is where I think this is where we push our Great. yes. Awesome. So welcome, Emily. That was a good introduction. I'm not always if I don't have it written down, I'm really having to like extemporaneously make it up. Well, you extemporaneously nailed it. I did. Yeah. So <laughs> it's hard. To, you're such a multi hyphenate. So let's before we get to the meditation, let's talk a little bit about your journey as a performer and an artist um, in New York City, and then how this all translated into where you are now. Yeah, so I was on the big Broadway. Broadway, Broadway. baby! <laughs> I was wondering how many seconds it would be before you we sang. sang out, I know. It was 40 seconds. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I was on Broadway for 10 years. Whoa. I did 42nd Street, The Producers, Chicago, A Chorus Line, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was so fun. I was singing and dancing and acting. And simultaneously, uh, three weeks after my Broadway debut was the saddest I had ever been. And so I thought from a very early age that once I got on Broadway, my life was going to be sunshine and roses and martinis with Liza at Sardis. <laughs> and instead it was girls eating tuna fish out of a can and complaining about their bunions and me like not knowing how I was going to make rent. And then, oh my gosh. so, and also I, I thought really since I was a little girl that once I got on Broadway, I would be happy. So three weeks after I achieved this goal, I was so sad mm. because I learned at an early age that I was more interested in the happiness of pursuit than I was the pursuit of happiness. But I didn't really have that figured out at 22. So uh-huh. I just thought, next show, next boyfriend, next uh-huh. agent, next uh-huh. year on the bank account. Did that for a decade. Which is how a lot of us human beings are wired. And we live our whole lives right. like, like that. A, yeah, chasing I'll, the I'll illusion. I'll be happy when yeah, yeah, syndrome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the illusion yeah, that some illusion. accomplishment will make us happy. Yeah. Or some person will make us happy. Which... Or I, you, know, you know how we talk, like, we'll go off on tangents, but this is interesting because I just had uh, coffee with my old roommate here in New York from 25 years ago and we were talking about the happiness set point I started talking to him about that about how you know we all have kind of a baseline um, measurement of happiness that is an unconscious set point for most human beings and it's been proven that even if you like if you make a little bit more money Mm -hmm. you your happiness set point rises but if you continue to make more money beyond what you really need, it doesn't affect your happiness at all. You know what I mean? So it's very interesting again, how, you know, it's sort of like, 
I think the truth that you'll probably explain better than I can about meditation is that you kind of find your own ballast, your own balance mm. of navigating not only the material world, but you're also your own inner resources of happiness. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. But so, so and people actually, know like that study, it was, they, they determined that between $0 annual income to $70,000 annual income very much depends on your happiness, uh-huh. which is basically yes. like your survival, survival. Yes. You have food, yes. you have a place to eat, you know where your next meal is coming from. But between $70,000 and $7 million it doesn't matter. does not impact yeah. your happiness. And yes. yet we've convinced ourselves that it does. And I certainly did for that whole decade. I just thought, next show next show so finally my last Broadway show was a chorus line I was understudying three of the lead roles and God I hope I got it I hope I got it I hope it. I got it five six seven eight <laughs> okay. you're nailing it nailing it uh, so anyway I so understudying three of the leads means you show up to the theater you have no idea which character you're going to play yes. sometimes I would start the show with Sheila halfway through they would switch me to Val oh, which really? is very confusing Whoa. for the audience okay. there's no intermission there was no announcement sometimes I would just be chilling in my dressing room doing my taxes and they would say Emily Fletcher we need you on stage and I would like, start panicking because like, like the Val would go out so we would get injured or get sick and so anyway I would grab all three of my leotards run down seven flights of stairs a dresser would throw me in a costume and I'm not kidding sometimes I would be on stage before I knew which character I was oh (laughs) my gosh yeah so live in the dream which was quickly becoming a nightmare I started going gray at 26 I started having insomnia couldn't sleep through the night for 18 months started getting uh, you know, injured, and it was very confusing to me why I was living my dream and it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, this amazing woman was sitting next to me in the dressing room. You know her. You love her. Dion Zanotto, oh, yes. whose husband, oh, Adam Fiorentino. Yeah, Dion is the one who introduced me to meditation. So Dion's oh, understudying five of the lead roles, including Cassie, Whoa. and crushing Every song, every dance, every bite of food is a celebration. And I was like, excuse me, what do, we, what do you know that I don't know? Yeah. And, and she goes, I meditate. To which I promptly rolled my eyes yes, and I was like, course. oh God, one of you. Because yeah. this was 11 years ago. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. not the neuroscience then that yes. there is now. Yes. So anyway, long story short, I go along to this wow. intro to meditation talk. I like what I hear. I sign up for this course. First day, first course, I'm in a different state of consciousness than I had ever been in before. And that night I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. Whoa. And I have every night since and that was 11 years ago. Then I stopped getting sick. I didn't get sick for eight and a half years. I stopped going gray. I'm going to be 40 in March. I have one gray hair, which I promptly pluck out. And you just had a baby. I just had a baby. Thank you. Um, That's a whole other podcast for another day. Yes. Um, (laughs) But like basically this meditation thing improved my life and ultimately my performance so dramatically Mm -hmm. that I felt inspired to share it with others. So I left Broadway. I went to India. I started what became a three-year training process to teach. Mm -hmm. And I finished my teacher training when I met you in Los Angeles and That's right. I loved your method of teaching so much and I felt like you did such a beautiful job of taking these sort of universal cosmic truths and applying them to the performance paradigm yeah, and I fell in yeah. love with it and so I, I remember coming to you and saying hey I'm moving to New York to be with my now husband and we opened up this beautiful That's studio right. that we're sitting in Emily, right now if you come to our New York studio Emily aw, don't make me cry Emily started it on the ground here yeah. 8 years ago whoa yeah And so I just have to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to teach acting at this school because I felt like it's where I really cut my teeth as a teacher and I was able to take these beautiful universal truths that I was learning in my meditation teacher training but apply them in real time to performance. Yes. And and, and giving people the tools to be so present and to allow creativity and nature to use them as a vessel in the performance. And so when I started teaching meditation, it was a breeze. It was like, oh, Oh, I got this. Yes. And, And so I really attribute so much of my meditation teaching career to you and to the skills that I learned here and 
And so now that I've started Ziva, I've taught 15,000 people to meditate. We created the world's first online meditation training. Whoa. I just spent the last three and a half years of my life writing this book. Yes, we will talk about yeah, that. Yeah, which is being this published is by HarperCollins. Yes. But it's all about meditation it's for coming out February 19th. Yep. What's the name of it? You can give a plug right it's now. It's called Stress Less, <laughs> Accomplish More. Okay, good. So hold on. Let's put a pin in it for one minute because I have two thoughts that jump out. So I remember, so this is interesting. So when you moved to LA mm-hmm. and, you know, you were already a fantastic actress, right? And you were able to hit all the marks correctly and you know what I mean? And I remember in class, I'll never forget it because this happens with people on their journey with me or with any of our teachers, right? So Emily was in class and I was giving her notes and she was like, ah, like there was a little bit of fighting me about, well, I don't really understand what you're saying. Right? I know, I know okay. what I said to you. Do you well, want to know what I said to you? Yeah, I remember it clear as day. I just told this story oh, at my meditation ah, class on Saturday. Okay, tell Because people were fighting me about the process. Of like, oh. well, how long is this going to take? And, and I was like, okay, you guys, we have to surrender to the process. And I was like, here's a story of a recovering control freak. And because I am, I'm a real good, I'm a recovering really control freak. And I yeah. can control so well that most people don't call me on it, yeah, but you yeah. could see it. Yeah. And so you'd be like, Emily, you just need to surrender. You're just controlling. You need to let go. And I looked at you and I go, Tony? I am very aware of what my issue is. What I need you to do is tell me how to surrender. And you go, you're trying to control your way to surrender. Uh And I was like, I know. (laughs) Good for me. Yeah, good for you. Like, I was on point. I'm wondering if I can say it quite so succinct nowadays. That's great. But I think the thing that I was going to say is this interesting because you've had a full circle moment that the thing that... I'm trying to help artists and actors and creators of any kind that in the process of a practice, Mm -hmm. which is mindfulness based, Mm -hmm. because it's all about our teaching at the studio is all listening and reacting. And you have to, in order to be, to be available to that, you have to be present and presence is its own form of meditation, right? So it is meditation based, whether people realize it's like a walking, living, breathing, acting meditation. Yes that you yourself have discovered now being a meditator yourself and a practitioner of it and teaching it is that that's the very thing in acting that the end result of being in the practice gives you the things that our mind is trying to figure out or control or search for or define and it's instead in the ineffable and the mysterious and when people are dwelling in that and we're watching them on stage or in a movie we don't know what it is. It's called humanity, but it's also the spirit world or whatever we want to call it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult. Even my explaining that can be tricky for people to understand conceptually because we're trying to get concrete answers to fix what we think are problems. Yes. And what meditation does or a practice is getting you to be mindful is those answers come to you, but in a much more nuanced, subtle process-oriented way, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So what What do you, how do you help? Well, you kind of just said that. So you have people even in meditation that are trying to figure things out about mm-hmm. their practice from a left-brain mechanical way. Yeah, they're trying to control what uh-huh. is ultimately an act of surrender. And, uh-huh. and the way I remember, because when I used to give intros to people who come and audit at AMAW, I would say to them, like, this class, this school is very good at taking your right brain to the gym. Other schools might teach you the left brain technique, the sort of controlling A, B, C formula. This school is very good at taking your right brain to the gym. And this is why I love teaching here so much, because meditation, that's all we're doing is taking Mm -hmm. the right brain to To the the gym. gym. Mm -hmm. And so your left brain is like the individuality, the critical mind. Right brain is the piece of us that... She's going to sneeze, folks. 
That's a pretty good one. <gasps> yeah, so dramatic. Uh, and so my analogy for this is that our right brain is like the Wi-Fi router yeah. that connects us to creativity itself, yes. to nature itself. Wait, say that again. So, so your right, right brain, brain is the Wi-Fi router right. that allows us to connect to the Wi-Fi network, which is creativity right. itself. And meditation allows you to take that right brain to the gym when you're not in class, when you're not on stage, so that when you are across from your partner, when the cameras are rolling, you have that muscle developed so that you know how to listen to that intuitive voice instead of being controlled by the critical mind. That's right. And especially for actors, the critical mind would show up, listeners, as the judgmental mind, the compare and despair mind, I the suck, chatterbox. I suck, I suck, I suck. I'm going to die a little yeah. cancer in my talentless. face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live, like, on 13th Street and, like, you know, some, I don't know, some decrepit place with 20 cats. Like, yeah, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's it, right? And a practice of mindfulness or an acting technique that gets you to we're always going to have that left brain because we need it to function through this world but it's a matter for most people it's out of balance for most people it's 90 20 it's getting worse all they have access to i'm holding up my phone listeners and this is part of this bifurcation that's occurring that i have found that is getting worse people are so not able to connect in a deeper way of being yeah they call it digital dementia because we're letting our phones think for us so we're not utilizing our there's like a mom world where they're trying to prevent babies from getting digital Uh dementia uh because the kids you know when they're developing their brains they can't be looking at screens all the time because then the brain doesn't develop but even once it's developed, if we're looking at it 15 hours a day, then we're not utilizing our own intuition. No. We're not utilizing our own internal clocks. No. We're not tapping into creativity. Or also, like, you know, the brain is processing so much more data and information that even, like, I think they say something like, don't quote me, but it's something crazy like it's this. seven that, days. Well, no, but even, like, what, what we consume in a, a typical in day in one day is, like, a year's worth. or A lifetime. A lifetime. It's, it, the average Jesus. The average adult now in seven days consumes the same amount of information that our ancient ancestors did in their entire Whoa. lifetime. Well, my thing, too, is, so that's intense, listeners. This is like, whoa, we have to wean ourselves off the phone. Like, I'm always just saying, use the phone, you know... my point is not to use the phone as a distraction Mm -hmm. and we all do it myself included and I have to keep reminding myself what am I doing that for yeah but um, I thought I forgot what I was going to say I think we we can use it to create or we can use it to consume that's right just like anything else that's right you can use it it as a tool to help Mm -hmm. you get information or connect to someone to or to create art that's right create create, stories create connections or you can use it to consume it is really weird how I mean you know I've talked about this too that there is a an addiction code built into so many of the social media apps so that they've all come forward and said that. So basically they drive you to keep going back and consuming and looking at your page. Your eyeballs are their currency. (laughs) It's so evil in a way, like it's an embedded evil code that, you know, most people might are asleep to. And my thing is, is like trying to understand how it very subtly we start to go to the phone instead of seeking out connection. Or feeling your feelings. Or feeling your feelings, which you're talking about. Or also just our brain needs to reboot and it has a set point where it has to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's also where imagination dwells and creativity and insight and aha. And mm-hmm. I can't, I have no access to that when I'm constantly stimulating myself. Yeah. So meditation is a perfect segue. Meditation mm-hmm. is the ability for someone to turn everything off. But I, I think I'd like you to help our listeners because, you know, I've, I've dabbled in teaching meditation um, and there are many different roads to meditation. So for our listeners, Emily may talk a little bit about what she teaches, but 
I always encourage people, if your heart is open, it's like, if your heart is open, the guru will appear. Mm. And if you have a willing heart to learn more about a process of mindfulness, you're going to be led down the correct road. Mm. So there's no wrong meditation. You know what I mean? Whether it's chanting or whatever it is, mm -hmm. candlelight meditation or reading a book or prayer or a Kundalini, it can be anything. Like there's 10 different million names for a different process for them. Um, but I guess what I was going to say is how do you help then your, uh, students understand that a lot of people don't, don't want to meditate because they think it means no thought and they're mm -hmm. scared that they can't ever turn their thoughts off. So answer, talk to our listeners a little bit about that. Cause I think that keeps people from trying it. It is the number one misconception about See? meditation. It is it. the number one reason why people, <laughs> why the world is filled with ex-meditators. Uh, and that's one of my missions at Ziva is to rid the world of ex-meditators. So people think that the point is to clear the mind. There's like one right. dude out there telling everyone that in order to meditate, you have to clear, clear your mind. mind. And we got to find this guy, Tony. We got to teach him how to meditate. Yes. Because <laughs> it'll make our job so much easier. Really, truly. I mean, I was always astounded by like mm. some people, some students would go from unwatchable. They would come and take the meditation course and the next week they would get standing over. Wow. And I was, I, and I was like, I don't know if this is an insult to my acting teaching or a compliment to my meditation <laughs> teaching. <Yeah. laughs> but it was like, they just transformed. Yeah. So anyway, the mind thing. So here's the news. If you have ever tried meditation and felt like a failure because you could not clear your mind, listen up. The mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats mm -hmm. involuntarily. So Amazing. trying to give your brain a command to shut up is as impactful as trying to give your heart a command to stop beating. It does not work, and yet this is the criteria by which everyone is judging themselves as to whether or not they can meditate. And they're like, okay, Tony and Emily said to meditate. Let me try. Okay, brain, shut it down. Hmm, hmm I sure would like a snack. Snacks are delicious. Tony's so cute. Oh, I love Tony. Aww. Oh, now I'm thinking about Tony. Wait, I suck at meditation and I quit. Mm. And that's the beginning that's and the it. end of their meditation yeah. career yeah. because they're judging themselves based on misinformation. So the beautiful thing here is that you can get all the benefits of meditation even if you are having thoughts. But what I would like to encourage people to, to know is that yes, there are a thousand different quote unquote meditations and there's a million free apps and yes, you could light a candle. Yes, you could read a book. But just like there are many different acting schools, you got to find the one that fits for you. You got to yes. find the tool that's going to get you where you need to go. Yes. And a lot of meditation styles are actually derivations of things that were developed for monks. Uh -huh. And so that's why people who are not monks sometimes think that they're hard. They think it requires discipline uh, yeah. and focusing the versus yeah. what I teach at Ziva is all about it's, it's designed for people with busy minds mm -hmm. and busy lives. Mm -hmm. And it's actually designed to make you better at life. Mm -hmm. It's designed to make you integrated into life. And so it's like you do it for 15 minutes and you're giving your body rest. that's five times deeper than sleep. Mm -hmm. So for a 15 minute meditation, you've taken the equivalent of an hour long nap. Mm -hmm. And so if you're exhausted, if you're brain fatigued, if you're, you're foggy, it's like you steal you do this for 15 minutes you come out on the other side you're like oh I feel clear I feel ready I feel like I can listen to my own creativity and you're ready to go into that audition you're ready to have more energy to be with your partner wow that's so well said I think you know I, I, I so many things that just came rushing forward when you were talking about all that like I for me on you know, my journey I went I've done Vipassana which is sitting you know for 10 days and 12 hours a day I call that psychic surgery whoa yeah which is what I teach like physical therapy that's like surgery uh -huh. and useful relevant but sometimes hard to integrate into a daily life yes mm -hmm. that is true I think you know again I think you're right I think people maybe associate just like anything just like even acting training there's like 
old school philosophies that maybe people still adhere to when I think we're living in a new time mm-hmm. and the tools that we have now are applicable to what we're dealing with. That's great about how all things keep evolving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Emily, is the number one fear? Like beyond the thinking part, because I do hear that a lot too. Like, well, I can't meditate because I can't turn my thoughts off. And I'm like, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. But why do you think people are so scared of it too? Because oh. I do think there's a lot of fear around it. It's yes. changed so much. I think, you know, meditation is like right up there nowadays with yoga and going to the gym. And yeah, But people who there. don't know about it. Well, I think there's a fear, like the stigma, like you said, is going away. Yeah. Thank you, neuroscience. Yes. You know, the oh, the brain, neuroscience has helped. The yeah. brain scans. And all and... of the high performers yes. outing themselves. Yes. I mean, you know, Hugh Jackman, Channing Tatum, Sigourney right. Weaver, like yes. Michelle Williams, like these people saying, I meditate. Yes. Um, a lot of those people I've taught. And, and so it's like you, now that the high performers are outing themselves, I think that's helping the stigma to go away. But I think what people are actually afraid of is one, feeling their emotions, and two, they're afraid of their own power. They're afraid of just how powerful we are. To tap into your own divinity, to tap into remind yourself that you are creativity itself is terrifying for someone who has convinced themselves that they are small or mm-hmm. that their uh, problems are unsolvable. Mm-hmm. And and I think in regards to acting and spe- specifically, well, any human has so much trauma, so much sadness that we've all been storing in our cellular memory. And now we know our epigenetic memory. We've been inheriting this stuff from our generation, from seven generations prior. And so this stuff is in us. And we've just been walking around like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He broke up with me, but I'm fine. I lost that job, but I'm fine. It's Trump's president, (laughs) but I'm fine. And then we're just like freaking out. And then we go, and then we start an acting career. And we're like, I didn't get the job, but I'm fine. I didn't get that job, but I'm I'm fine. I didn't get this job. And it's just been internal, internal, shoving it down, shoving it down. And then we come into acting class and Tony's saying like, I need you to feel, I need you to be present to your emotions. And you're like, no, thanks. If I even put my toe in this in this water of emotions, it's going to be a tsunami that's going to come and overwhelm me. And so I think we, we build a barrier to our feelings. And what I found with the meditation is that it goes in and it rings you out. And people go through very a very what can be intense emotional and physical detox in the first few weeks that's and months right. of starting. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little pressure cooker just releasing those emotions bit by bit, meditation by meditation, and actually paradoxically, that diffusing of the emotional backlog gives people the freedom to tap into their emotions when it's go time, when the camera is rolling, when the audition is on, because they're not afraid that they're going to have a full-blown mental breakdown in the middle of the audition room, because they've been managing and healing the overwhelming load that most of us have been trying to carry. And so as that softens up, you have the, you know, have access to the entire range of your emotions. I think it's, it's what you're saying is so true. I'm thinking about my own life, how much more emotionally facile I am and fluid and available to feel things that, you know, years ago I couldn't, or I stuffed down. That doesn't mean that I'm, I don't still get stuck, but there's definitely, yeah. Tony, you're a great example of this. Like you cry more than anyone else I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's tears I of did. joy, tears no, of true. sadness, that's tears true. of empathy. Right. And you feel it and you're totally yeah. moved. You cry for 10 seconds and then you move on yeah, to yeah. the new point. It is very fluid and it's constantly yeah. changing, which is the whole stream of it in our in ourselves anyway. Yes. It's constantly you this move on moving to the river. new that's now, right. the new you now. You don't get stuck on something, nor do you get stuck on your story about that thing, which is, you know, a whole other thing. But I had a, another question for you that I think would be helpful, but it's just, sorry. My, my head is just like exploding. Fluid, it's so fluid. Exciting. Oh, you know, I think the thing about for actors is, again, I think where they get stuck, all these things that you're saying are so true. But again, 
by being in the practice, like in other words, we're saying that the benefits of meditation make us more present, make us more accessible, make us more emotionally creatively. Uh, creative. That's all these things. But again, it's not about you trying to, it's one's life suddenly starts to shift. And I think it's getting our listeners to understand. It's not like, like what I'm teaching, or what we're teaching in our schools everywhere. And what I think processing creativity in life itself is, is one plus two does not equal three. So sitting in meditation, even if you have a quote-unquote bad meditation, meaning your thoughts are really loud and jumbly, and, and then you sit the next day and you're more uh, you know, passive or quiet, one isn't better or preferable than the other. It's mm-hmm. still like going to the gym. Some days you feel exuberant and you can do it. And the next day you can't even hardly get on the treadmill. Yes. But you still do it. Yes. And then the it's like the river deposits you wherever you need to be deposited. Yes. Yeah. Yes, beautifully said. It is really beautiful yeah. when you just let it unfold. Yeah. Sometimes but, you love going to the gym. Oftentimes you hate it. Yeah. I don't care if you enjoy the 18th minute on the Stairmaster. It's like, do it anyway. We don't meditate to get good at meditation. That's right. We meditate to get good at life. Yeah, that's right. I think, too, I was telling somebody the other day, there is science that's said recently, and I just think it's important to keep a practice going. I think it's like anything. You just get better. But that the, res- uh, the benefits of meditation, though, do go away if you stop meditating for a certain period of time. So being more... Uh, equanimous and being more balanced and being more patient and being able to breathe and being more available and being more connected emotion all these things start to like you know yeah subtly go away your access to them goes away if you take a month and you're not doing it yeah i mean i do think that changes after years and years like 10 15 20 years there is a level of substantiation and neural wiring that gets solid but my 21st year of meditating oh wow so like look there are neurotransmitters and like neural pathways in your brain that those are highways now you have rewired your brain however if someone's meditating for one month and then they stop for a month good point yeah they're gonna have to start over and it's just like the coffee you drank two weeks ago is not going to give you energy today yeah. you have to drink coffee every day yeah. well same thing with meditation uh-huh. that's a good point okay interesting I didn't read that study but I had heard about it and I, it... Um, that's my favorite pastime just quoting other people talking about <laughs> science <laughs> but you know it's true because I actually just even feel a subtle difference like when I meditate in the morning I usually do like an hour at night I'm not saying this to impress people because sometimes... I'm impressed no it's not that impressive <laughs> because sometimes I just I'll, I just I'm like Last night I did not, you know what I mean? But then I, it just sometimes it just happens that way. But I generally am like an hour at night, an hour in the morning, but or half an hour, whatever. But like if, if I don't, if I miss my morning meditation, it's just a little, I can feel it's slightly off. And when I do do it in the morning, I just, when I'm reaching for, you know, my croissant or my jam, I feel just a little more joyful. Yeah, a little sparkly. Just something. Yeah. Like, there's just this connection. It's so. It, this is the problem also with meditation or any kind of... Again, I don't want to say awareness because I'm not saying I'm a more aware being because that's not my point, but you do well, you feel... you are more awake. Well, well thank you, Emily. But, but that's true. You, everybody just becomes more awake. I do think we're all awakening anyway, but we're just on different elevators. Like, some are on the first floor of Donald Trump or <laughs> the basement, subterranean basement. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, if you like Trump, don't hold it against me. And some are, like, on the 25th floor. Mm-hmm. But I do feel a subtler connection to something that's ineffable and you can't describe, but you can feel it. Yeah. You and can feel it. And life is so much people. more elegant. That's you right. You think about someone and then they call. 
life, oh God, that happens all the time. Yeah. But life Close is thing. also like poetry. And also the thing that I'm, oh, I'm totally going to start to cry. Oh, we understand that art is not just specific to being a writer or a director or an actor, for God's sakes, or it, it's not about a specific discipline. One's whole life is art. Yes. One, the way one thinks about. The way one dresses. That's right. It's all an artistic expression. And then you stop caring so much about going in and having to nail it. Because you're walking in and out of rooms as an artist. Yes. Because you really are art. Yes. People, did you hear that? You're all artists whether or not you get hired for that freaking NBC show. That's yes. the thing. In fact, sometimes you'll get the show and you'll be like, this is, doesn't feel like being an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to have to find a way to integrate your wholesome artistry to that. Yes. I mean, when, think so about inspiring. it. It's God the creator. That's right. right, and so we have that inside of us. We all have creators inside of us. We have divinity inside of us, and we take the time to nurture it. That ex that comes out in the way that you parent, in the way that you sing, in the That's way right. that you dress and do your hair, the way that you type your emails. It all becomes artistry. That's right. I think it's interesting because you just mentioned. Maybe we'll tap on one other thing, and you know, we're just talking about the fears that people have. But you know, you you mentioned the G word, and you know. I think sometimes people maybe are also resistant to meditation because if you grew up in a very Christian or some sort of specific yeah, doctrine, ideology or, or yeah. doctrine mm -hmm. and, or, and some more hardcore than others, something more, did I say traditional, something like that. It's hard to understand... I think there's a fear around meditation. Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was raised Southern Baptist. Oh, see, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I went to Sunday school. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Amen. I remember when I was five years old, I went to my mom and I said, Mom, how do we know we're Baptists? She said, excuse me? Five-year-old child. Yeah. I was like, how do you know we're Baptists? Like, were we born Baptists? Did we choose to be Baptists? And she said, well, I don't really understand. I was like, well, your, your best friend is Buddhist. And so my mom was from, like, the one Buddhist in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I have a hard time understanding that she's going to go to hell because she's not accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. She's your best friend. Like, we have to do something about this. <laughs> this is serious. And so, and oh so I, she let me go to all the other churches. She let me go to temple and synagogue Whoa, and Latter-day okay. Saints. Yeah. And so even at five, I was like looking and looking, what, what is real? What is decided? What's human? And, and, and my five-year-old hypothesis is that we're all saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And my, one of my That's analogies right. is that God is a disco ball and that we're all looking at it from different angles and you see it as green and I see it as red and she sees it as purple, mm -hmm. but we're all looking at the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're looking at that beautiful connecting force inside of all of us and mm -hmm. there's a beautiful concept from the Vedas which is that there's only one thing and we are all it mm -hmm. and that one thing is consciousness that one thing is energy and the thing I love about meditation is that it's not in conflict with any religion because it's not telling you what to do or how to live your life it's not a doctrine or a dogma if, if you look at religion as software upgrades, like an operating system for your computer, meditation is the hardware upgrade. Meditation is the thing that's going to defrag your brain computer to, to get rid of that stress that you've been accumulating in your, in your nervous system your whole life so that you can act in accordance with whatever software you want to implement. Ah, so well if you're said. a Christian, it's going to make you a better Christian. That's right, yeah. If you're Jewish, it's going to make you a better Jew. I don't know any doctrine that's telling people to have un involuntary stress reactions on their fellow human. Right. Wow, that's really well said. It's so true. I think it's important for the listeners who have prayerful faith and, yeah. you know, 
Oh, the Church other easy quote yeah. is, prayer is talking to God, yeah. meditation is listening. Yes. And it really, it has to be a two-way conversation. You look at a human brain, it splits right down the middle. I mean, you wrote a whole book about this, at left brain, turn right. Thank 50%, you are mm, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 50% left brain, 50% right. That means 50% individuality and 50% creativity and totality. Mm. Wow, did you hear that, listeners? It's a lot to get our minds around. I, I, I started thinking of my guru's, uh, one of his quotes, and now it's like, just escape me. What is happening today? Um, but uh, meditation, basically, Yogananda talked about how meditation teaches you, like science can help you understand about an atom, and meditation teaches you that you are the atom. Oh, yes, I amazing? love that. That love that. that. Yeah, like you and I could sit here talking about meditation all yeah. day and it will not change someone's state of consciousness. You yeah. have to actually you have to meditate. Experience it. It's like it's anything. It's like what we're talking about in acting class. It's like um, the, the notes that you've given or I've given or any of the teachers have given, sometimes you can understand them intellectually or not. But when you start to have the experience of it, then you're like, oh, now I know what that thing is. It's experiential, which mm-hmm. is what we're all seeking in life, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Emily, I could, we could go on forever. This like yeah. flew by. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I could talk to you about meditation and life forever. Um, let's, and let, let me do my speed round because I forgot I didn't bring my sheet of paper. It's in LA. So let me think. Okay. If you were on an island, what is one thing you would bring? My son. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, who's your celebrity crush? Oh, good one. Angelina Jolie. Oh, wow. I love yeah. that. Okay. If you're listening, Angelina, let's go <laughs> Call, me. Call me. Let me teach you how to meditate. <gasps> yes. We'll go to meditation camp together. Um, what else do I ask people? Jeez, in my speed round. Well, what's something you learned at AMAW? Oh, wow. I think... I think what I gained was a visceral experience of allowing creativity and nature to use me as a vessel. It's something that I lecture about, I talk mm. about, I understand the shit out of it intellectually. But because I'm a recovering control freak, it's something that I hadn't had that much experience with. Like, I hate skiing. I hate when people lift me up when I'm dancing. Like, I like to really, I love my illusion of control. Right, right. And so this style of acting really forced me into surrender. It forced me into trusting. It forced Mm. me into present moment awareness. And then teaching even more so. Because when you're teaching, you have to play both roles at the same time. And you can't control what's happening. Mm -hmm. And you're very much witnessing it. And so uh, I think it taught me two things. One, it gave me the experience of allowing creativity to use me. And then I think it taught me how to be a teacher. Let me cut my teeth as a teacher. That's true, right? Wow. Mm. How do you define love? Oh, wow. That's how I like to end each podcast. It's really so cliche, but it's really all there is. Oh, oh. It's, it's all there is. And any pain or suffering or anxiety or stress is just when we forget that were love. Mm-hmm. I always just say this moment is love. That's how I define it. Yeah. yeah. We're holding hands now. We're having like a love moment. So Emily, tell your listeners how 
Yes. Tell them about the book and how they can find you and your meditation. And yes. yes. So the book is available anywhere books are sold. February 19th. February 19th. Coming out on hardback. Yep. It's Amazon. You can one click order on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. I read the Audible book. Oh, amazing. Which felt like a really beautiful okay. synchronicity of my it. like Broadway background with yes. the writing. Okay. Um, so the book is Stress Less, Accomplish More, available anywhere books are sold. And then... Can I just say too, like Emily sent me a draft many years ago of some things she was writing as a, a first, not a first draft of the book, but with remember some of yes, your stories I and do. like, and I just said, keep writing, just keep writing. Yeah, yes, keep going. thank you for that. Yes, yeah, you really keep yes. me in the pants. And, um, and mm-hmm. are you having, are there book signings anywhere? Yes, okay. yes, yes. We're yes. doing a big party in New York on February 19th. And we're okay. doing a big party in LA at Wanderlust Hollywood on March 5th. You're invited. Okay. It's going to be awesome. In Q is performing poetry. Oh, amazing. Um, uh, Carrie Monolakos is singing. Uh, Ryan Weiss is doing a book blessing. Amazing. It's going to be Stephanie really Stephanie Gibson great. is singing Stephanie here. Stephanie Gibson is singing at New the York. New York party. Broadway, baby. Yeah, it's going to be really good. And we have violinists. Oh, and then if people are interested in learning about Ziva and taking yes, any of the classes, that. so what we teach, which we didn't really cover, is I teach a trifecta of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting, and it's all about meditation for extraordinary performance. So it's designed to make you better at life, better at performing, um, and that you can find at Ziva, that's Z-I-V-A, meditation.com. Our online and our in-person classes are there. And Instagram? Yeah, we're all at over Ziva. at yeah, Ziva at Meditation. Ziva meditation. Mm-hmm. And what's the name of the book one more time? Stress Less accomplish more that's right ladies and gents stress less accomplish more that's what we're all desiring check out emily her teachings her new book her ziva practice and thank you for being here in the moment thank you emily thank you for teaching me so much and leading by example i love you with my whole heart i love you too don't make me cry